Bam! This week on Bonus Barrel, three guys sit in a small room and talk about games. Uh-oh. The problem with me today is... Left. And... The other two of the three guys who are in a small room. Top of the show, guys. I want to tell you how great Persona Dancing All Night is for the PS Vita. Uh, how great, you might be asking. Very great. <laughs> and now, my... So last episode, I gave you some of my fears regarding SMT Cross Fire Emblem. But after Atlas managed to sell me on potentially the lamest dancing game, at least what it looked like, I like, agree. Looks lame. I'm hooked. I'm not only am I hooked, but the stupid lame dances have grown on me, and now I love them. And I I have about 16 hours in the game, and that's almost all from just free play, not even going to the story. Wow. And I hook it up to my computer. I get those awesome dual uh, cords. I can hook the Vita right up to my speakers and my computer, so I like loud music, and I'm playing. I love the game. So right. I'm not I'm not huge into rhythm. Like I played guitar here. I played rock band, and uh, recently you you purchased. Uh, Theorism for my birthday. You got that from me, and that that's probably my favorite one of all oh, time. So but good. but it's because it's Final Fantasy, really. Yeah. But I, I also found it kind of rich how you did have characters. You leveled them I up. Love they that. had abilities. They were cool like that. Does Persona have anything like that, or is it just you're you're doing the songs? Persona the has a few things going for it that differs from that. So now there's less songs than the Final Fantasy ones, but they are longer and they have they're more visually appealing, and you have. A massive amount of costumes that you can get for your characters. So different things from different games. Okay, that's, that's, now where the challenge comes from, though, is there's difficulty modes. I haven't unlocked the hardest one yet. And also you can have, you can buy items in the game, and they will unlock handicaps or bonuses to you. So you can so which will increase or decrease your buy score with money. in-game currency. Exactly, of course, okay, of course. Okay, okay. Uh, there's DLC, but no microtransactions. Yes, cool. and and I've already bought some. <laughs> and, and so what it is, you can turn off stuff like have the notes fade in. Have, I use the, the high speed ones, so they come in really fast. That's the one I like. But there's some that will, will mix the patterns up or have them just show up for a second before. So you have to be like really fast. So that, that stuff's cool. You can really tweak how hard the game is or how easy it is. And then there's, of course, there's like a 12-hour story. It's as ridiculous as Persona games get. It's it's funny. It's kind of terrible, but just entertaining. It's It's great. So, if you have a Vita, which might be two or three people out there, about as many people who have a Wii U, <laughs> I strongly recommend checking it out, especially if you true. like... Is that person. true? I think the Vita has more number? than well. the Wii U right now, doesn't it? Uh, Game Boy, access us stats. I am programmed to play games. Game Boy beeps, and then he sounds like Seiji. <laughs> yeah, there are more Vitas out there. Oh, there wow. There go. That's weird. Well, no, like... Not really without longer. Two million uh, more. True, true. Only but it's just more. like, I just look at us, and we all have Wii U's, but only you have a Vita. Hey, infrequent listener Jordan <laughs> and frequent, infrequent listener Marshall have Vitas. Okay. So there, that matches I'm not surprised that Jordan has a Vita. That's, no, that's well, like, definitely, <laughs> definitely not. <laughs> Why? Hey! because it's her types of games not right. for Vita. What is the type of games that are associated with the Vita? <sighs> like, powerful... Boyfriend? Well, like, not that. That's not... Is that on Vita? I think it's on all the PS. Oh, it's but it's PC first. Yeah, exactly. But... Oh, weird, come on. All right, weird, Vita has a very games. fair not reputation games. for having smutty Japanese games with... Which Jordan loves. Well, let's... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jordan is a female, by the way, for our listeners. She but. likes... Uh, she likes visual novels and stuff. Yeah. That's fine. But not all... <laughs> it's not just those. They have a lot of really weird very niche Japanese games on there. And I, I like some of them, but some of them make me feel like a creep bag just looking at the displays at EB. <laughs> I, honestly, I've been playing uh, Project Cross Zone, and I, kinda, I feel like a creep sometimes that would, with that. That would fit in the Vita style. Yeah, style-o. exactly, right? Sometimes some of the stuff you see is a little much. It's, they're just they're, they're very, uh, very Japanese. It's very, RPG. very. <laughs> okay, your favorite genre, Seiji, is the visual novel because of the interactivity you get. <laughs> <laughs> I've been playing a visual novel, the yeah. Telltale, The Walking Dead. Yeah, it pretty much is. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so is Persona 4, actually, uh, Dancing All Night. The uh, the story part, other than the dances you get, is all visual it's just novel. All, yeah, yeah. yeah so but that's I, all cutscene. There's no... No, you well, is you're there, reading the whole thing. But you don't make, you make decisions. Make, okay, okay, yeah. that's at least something. But I don't something. think it affects too much. But, yeah. <laughs> but you get to choose what they say, so it's a visual novel in that respect. Um, let's So let's jump to the news, or shall I say, let us open the news barrel. A prototype cartridge for an unreleased N64 shoot-em-up recently sold for $3,000. 
buy your shares first footage of the game since Space World 1999. Uh, this is from NintendoLife.com. It seems that game collectors will go to extraordinary lengths to ensure blah, blah, blah. Uh, so they found the, so someone, uh, bought the game, uh, as I said, there's a product cartridge for the game called Viewpoint 2064, a long lost shoot 'em up for Nintendo 64, was put on auction in September. Uh, Viewpoint 2064 first showed up in the Nintendo Space World 1999 Expo, but was unfortunately canceled when Sammy Corporation, the developer, ran into development issues and was forced to pull the plug. The winner of the auction paid 3000 for the cartridge and manual. Oh, cool. They had a manual. And only recently posted the first footage of the prototype. Hey, this game. is like you said, an unreleased game. Yeah, you and can, it has a manual. Yeah, it's that's that weird? weird. Yeah, you can see it online. So I'll I'll link to that or attempt to link to it, or you can look it up. Don't be lazy. So yeah, so that's kind of neat. Three thousand dollars. I can see that though. You're the only one who's going to have that game. Yeah, that's cool. N64 has, uh, especially like the people it's that like played N64, are very much so adults and grown up now and a lot of them probably have the money to burn on it right so. yeah I mean who would waste money buying game after game after game yeah I don't know who would do that for no reason other than to look at them in case <laughs> don't, you play them yeah occasionally and sometimes hug them I know I still I have games that I bought that I was really excited about that I haven't even played hey you can still be excited for them and the years might go oh, by I, when you play I still them. love that I have them but two years from now or in February it'll be two years since I bought Final Fantasy 13 3 I'm hoping maybe in February <laughs> I play it so that's my goal. I got more news, but I'm assuming you guys. Yeah, have I got I got something here. Is I I found this to be pretty cool. Um, so basically, EA has announced that Plant vs Zombies Garden Warfare is going to be a theme park attraction. Cool. Did you hear about this? No. There's more and more. Like Nintendo's been talking about some of that stuff too. Yeah. Um. So it looks like a North Carolina-based theme park called Carowinds yep. is going to open this uh, Plants vs. Zombie attraction. Carol Blaster attraction <laughs> in North Carolina. Yeah. That's a big tr- uh, resort place, right? Who doesn't <laughs> want to go to the North? Like, you, you, That's you, a hot vacation yeah, spot. Everybody right? loves going to North Carolina, yeah. man. They're known it's for their things. It's on the west, uh, the East Coast, right? Yeah, I Yeah, well, I, I obviously know where it's at. <laughs> <laughs> everybody does. So, uh, it's called an interactive 3D experience, Plant vs. Zombies Garden Warfare 3Z Arena. Cool. Whatever it is. Uh, it plays attendees in two teams who compete against each other by shooting at the screen with toy blasters in a five-minute backyard battle. So, it's it's a very interactive sort of attraction yeah. by the looks of it. Um, and, you know, I couldn't imagine a more suitable kind of cartoony attraction than Plants vs. Zombies. Um, and I guess it's opening in spring of 2016. So. Boys girl trip? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we're so, all going to North Carolina next year anyways. Yeah, yeah. I go there every year. Yeah, I love North Carolina. <laughs> um, the best of the Carolinas, of maybe. Course. I have no idea. South Carolina is a whole. Where, where, <laughs> where's, where's Sundari J from? Uh, he's from Louisiana. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I don't know if that's near. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're, we're Canadians, so we really have no idea. Um, so it's something, I think it's cool. I think it's cool. I like video game attractions. Yeah, yeah, and they're they're becoming more popular. Like I said, there's obviously talk of a Nintendo one. Yeah, so. the Carol Blaster one. Yeah. <laughs> I'm looking forward to the, uh, the Yu-Gi-Oh! attraction where you play live and the holograms, and you put your cards down, the holograms actually come up. That might be a fantasy. I would. I, I would. Can't remember if I would, that's real. I would do that. Oh, I would be so I would, into it. I would. I would jump onto that. Could you imagine? Let's imagine for a second a world where you exist where there's hubs that you can go in most cities, and you have your deck, and there's a little chip, and you you put it on this flat this surface, you know, window surface kind of thing, and in the middle of it, hologram. Oh man, this could. Ha- this, this is within the f- near future. This kind of thing. Could you imagine how cool that'd be? Like, imagine Pokemon battles where you come with your Game Boy hey. and you stand there and it plugs in. Well, like, and they come up with holograms. It's oh, not. Cool. It's, it's honestly not that far. No, it's not. Especially with Oculus Rift and stuff oh, like now you're that. Learn it with the Rift. What? No, no, no. no that, that's giving it plausibility though, because if you Oculus no, no, what Rift, about those then, uh, glasses? The glass, like they had the Tupac hologram. The, the hats, I've never seen the that. Hatsumi Miku uh, concert stuff, where they basically looks like they're actually there, but it's just a freaking. You ever heard of that? No. Oh, it's real. Yeah. They look pretty convincing. I want that, but I want it to hook up to my cards or whatever. And I want to play a lot better. They'd have to have special cards. How cool would that be? That would be really cool. Like, there'd be a bunch of 40-year-old people from our generation, because this is 10 years from now. People from our generation who grew up with that stuff, they're all there, right? These old dudes, like, I got my Pokemon cards out. Yeah, that would be, Pokemon would be better than Yu-Gi-Oh! Yeah, I would say. What about you? Would you want to play live? Do you want to play any games live where it's a competition, but it's all like... In the world in front of you, like in the TV shows of the past that we used to enjoy? Left for Dead. 
Whoa, that's scary, you, though. You need, like, a one-on-one thing, <laughs> I think, though. I guess you could have, like... Like, that would work with the rift, though. Imagine you're, a big, you're in a big room, <laughs> and everything, and then you would just interact with the... So you're in a giant gymnasium full of people all hooked up to the rift, and it would form things in your brain to see. Yeah, there you go. Well, it's just, like, four four players against just, like, computerized uh-huh. zombie images, yeah, right? Yeah. So, yeah. I cool. can see it. I yeah, can see it. It would be, like, an attraction. Like, you, you go in, like, four in, in group of four people, and then... You go through it. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Solid idea. It's pretty much like an on-rails thing. Yeah. Well, without the rails, right? But it's it's very linear. That's how a lot of the attractions are, right? The 3D ones where you're just riding out this vehicle. Yeah, I I think that's common now. That is common now. So, But we want something where we're we're actually in it. Yeah, we're going to get out of that. And then your brains get stuck in there and you're living this world and you don't know how to get out and you don't know what's real or not. (laughs) (laughs) All right, get some more news. Um... Shin Megami Tensei 4 final announced for Nintendo 3DS. So SMT4 already came out and I beat it. So, you know, applause for me. Another another game that is awesome. makes you feel like a perfect. No, no, SMT4 is pretty safe. Are you sure? Now, the demons look like penises and boobs and stuff, (laughs) but that's in every SMT game. You don't play as, I don't think you play as as teenagers in Tokyo. Well, I was, I'm just looking at the the cross one between Fire Emblem. That one Oh, that's a pervy game. Yeah, okay. I'm still winning. Oh yeah, after playing uh, Dancing All Night, now I have some some faith in that. I'm hoping that it'll still be good. But uh, no, this, so that SMT4 is, you were the samurai, I'm not going to spoil the story. You should play it. I have an extra copy you can borrow if you want. And, yeah, that game was great. I had a lot of fun. It's very hard, though. But anyways, so, SMT4 Final, which is not, like, a remake or a remix or anything. It's, it's another game. A complete new title with the, with the keyword of Decide. Okay. And the game will release in February 2016 for the Nintendo 3DS, which I will be getting, of course. Uh, Shin Megami Tensei 4 Final is directed by Satoshi Oyama, who is the chief programmer of the Shin Megami Tensei 4 Nocturne and the Digital Devil Saga games. That's cool. There's been more information that's come out since, actually. You guys can check that out. But I am, uh, how you say, excited for that. <laughs> how you say excited. Uh, I got more news. You guys got news? Seiji? Did you guys hear about the price drop for the PlayStation Yeah, it's on my news list. Seiji stole it from me. Sorry. <laughs> 50 bucks in Let's America. What's that? Let's talk about that. Yeah, 50 bucks in America and uh, I think like 30 in Canada. Still. That's I just bought one. Sony doesn't. Know. <laughs> Jordan too. Oh yeah, yeah. Sony doesn't really need to do that, right? No, they don't actually, and they did. That's smart. So gonna Are crush, you gonna get one yet? They're gonna crush the competition. No, okay. come on. I, yeah, I know, but I'm hoping to pressure you <laughs> live, quote unquote, on the show. Games to play, man. But you're Already. missing on a good chunk of games, game experiences that you can't get on our beloved Wii. You. Yeah, but still. Are you ever going to get a PS4? Maybe. We need you to get a PS4. You'll get a PS4 when the PS5 comes out. You know what we should do? Is there going to be a PS5? Eventually, of I would imagine. Think. Yeah. Maybe uh, I need to get you one for Christmas or something. Maybe that's what I need to do. <laughs> Just force, but then force a PS4 you'll, on you'll you. will buy it for him and he'll never play it. He'll feel, he'll feel guilty to have a friendship to pay it at that point. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's what I need to do, apparently. Imagine that, PS5. Well, let's not get it's, ahead. It's going to happen. Of course. Of course yeah. Unless the game industry crashes. Oh. And then we'll have it like PlayStation, Nintendo PlayStation, finally. <laughs> In 2023, 30 years later, Nintendo the Nintendo PlayStation finally comes out. <laughs> let's, not, let's not have the X-Bone bring in our loved PlayStation and Nintendo. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's pretty cool. They don't, you're right, they don't need to do it, but they're doing it, so yeah. might as well get more sales from everybody else, right? They're eating all that stuff up. Mm-hmm. I wonder how the NX is going to take a dent out of this. They ha- they're going to have to come in cheap. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, they're going to have to come in kind of um, competitive, I think. In they, they have to. So, is it is it all PS3s? Like like every PS3 PS4. that I P, sorry PS4. Um, PS4. I'm just looking at. I was looking at your box. Oh. That sounded weird. <laughs> yeah, uh, everybody looks at the box. That's um, like every PS4 that seems to come out is like a special edition. This special edition mm. that. Like I got the Destiny one. There's an NHL one. There's um, a Star Wars Battlefront one coming out. I'll tell you right now, if a shim, if a Persona Five one comes out, I'm buying another. Oh PS4. yeah, so straight up. There you go. Give you all one to Seiji. So is it like it's these bundles that are also decreasing in price, right? It's not just it's the flat the base. price going down. Yeah. I believe so. Those ones are already cost more than the regular ones, so I assume they'll be adjusted. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. I'm pro. I'm pro yeah. that. Hey, price cuts are good for everyone. Yeah. It means more people can buy. It means more games get sold. 
maybe Seiji finally buys one someday. Did you guys see that uh, Wii U bundle with Splatoon and Mario Kart? In Europe? Ooh. Or is it Australia? I think it's, it's not enough for Europe. Yeah. But it's probably going to come up. That's, that's a pretty killer. That's a solid Wii U bundle. You know what's going to sell the most Wii U bundles? The Zelda bundle that never will maybe be <laughs> 2018 when they finally would, release it. That would be really strange if it's like the last real big game that comes out for Wii U and then they make a new Wii U like just for that. That's well, look just... at every 3DS though. Yeah, that's true. Every, every Zelda yeah. game on 3DS. <laughs> I think there's one for the new one coming out, Triforce Heroes 2. Yeah, I think you're Special right. Special edition for every friggin' Zelda game. The Ogre of Time had one, uh, Link Between Worlds had one. Majora's Mask had one, and I'm pretty. Zelda. Well, yeah, Zelda's pretty. I think people have heard about it. <laughs> a few people have played. If, out there, whoever's listening, if have you, if you've ever played a Zelda game, please do drop a line. Let us know if you played a Zelda. If game. you haven't, if you have, oh, okay. Usually, most of our people play Gears of War and uh, yeah, that's our audience. Uh, whatever other games Cobb play. XCOM. XCOM. <laughs> the, the line. line. <laughs> how long has it been since the last Nintendo Direct? Uh, oh wow! Yeah, eight. No, not quite not eight months. Eight months. Uh, five months, maybe. Sometime before E3. Oh, if you count E3, then June. Because uh-huh. that was yeah. kind of that was kind of a direct, really. Yeah, it was. There was the micro direct before that with the the treehouse dude. Yeah, it wasn't the direct though. That was like this Nintendo treehouse micro, or the fuck they called it. Micro. Yeah, but the last one was the E3, right? Yeah, Which is yeah. not even a direct. The one be so a direct would have been probably slightly before the the, the micro one. And I don't know when that was, but it would like probably Splatoon. Nintendo's been so quiet. But they've kind of been going through some stuff, especially some with issues. You know, yeah, at home. yeah. yeah. No, I'm, issues I'm getting at home. ahead of ourselves, but this next E3. Oh, <laughs> oh, do you think Nintendo's going to bring it? They, they, they have I think to. it's going to be the NX show. It's going to have to be. Yeah, you're right because there's no one because well, there's nothing else on the show other than Zelda, which is, should be out by then. Actually, what will happen is they're going to have Zelda take up the entire show. It'll come out next month, and that'll be it for like another year and a half. How 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 disappointing would that be though? You like tune into the Nintendo E3 conference, and it's just a single game. Don't be wrong; it's like going to be probably be the best one. game. But they're going to hold off all the remaining games that they've announced that aren't coming out. They're going to hold it off just after E3, so that can be their last. They can ride all those games that that they announced two years ago. For that E3, and then the next year they can do They're the They're just going to delay Star Fox yeah, just, yeah, so, they just so they can show it. Just so they can show it at E3. <laughs> hey guys, check out Star Fox. I mean, if, they, if they delay Zelda another year. Oh, Are you done yeah. with Nintendo? We no, buy a PS4 then? No, but I'm going to be very disappointed. <laughs> so, you know, uh, I, I'm sure Sony has delayed games too. I can't think of you off the top of my head. Bloodborne came out on time. The beloved Bloodborne from the esteemed from, way yeah, forward. Something from Did I say before? I did from, it again! From, from, from software. software! Damn it! From the Steam from software. On greatest, time. greatest game developers. One of the greatest games ever made. And, you know, they say they're going to announce Bloodborne in 2015. Came out in 2015. There we go. I think you're on the wrong boat. You're on the boat of disappointment. <laughs> and Megan's on the boat of winners. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah. The oh, boat what did winners. you think about uh, the list? Uh, I didn't think he cared. But our, our frequent listener, Marshall. Marcel. Marcel. He listened to that episode, surprisingly, probably because he had his voice he was, he question was in it. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, he didn't agree with a lot of the list either. I don't think... I don't think anyone do. really will agree with that list. Not, not well, wholeheartedly. As, as Seiji kind of said, maybe younger people. Well, he said that uh, it was a good topic kind of thing to talk about, and that that I guess one of the comments was that there was supposed to be modern games, but I'm like, that doesn't hold up because there's old games on there too, just very few of them. Yeah. So the list is kind of Philly, but we already talked the list. Uh, I got some more news. Announced. This is you might be excited for this. Mm. Super Famicom, the box art collection, and uh, so this is from bitmapbooks.co.uk, and I want this. Uh, the compilation of Japanese Super Famicom game packaging is in a professional shot and presented as a glorious hardback hardback edition. This book features around 250 titles, including many rare examples and some that have never been documented in print. Sourced from the archives of a renowned collector, Stuart Brett, each box is beautifully presented life-size with a critique of the artwork plus interviews with the collectors explaining the love of the format. And there's more you can read about it. And this is coming out in 2016. Wait, wait. So th- this is like a book about the box art? It's, a cl- it's just Famicom? an art book. About people's collection. Well, it's, it's just... Super it's, Famicom. It's a, so they're using that guy's collection because he has a huge, massive, complete yeah, collection. Yeah, yeah. So they're using that for the photos. But it's an art book about various 
That's cool. Super Famicom. I am pro Super I Famicom. I want this. This is beautiful. So. Looks like a beautiful book, too. That's really cool. Yeah, I'm guys... not usually into this kind of thing, mm. like art books. Yeah. Because I think art's kind of silly. I'm, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> 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 Step to the heart. Um, but uh, that's cool. I like it. Yeah. I'm, 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 I'm pro everything Super Famicom. Also on the uh, channel that Sadie and I have watched and have talked about before, Gaming Historian, he recently did a, a book review on uh, a Game & Watch Book. Have you watched that one, Seiji? No. Nope. Oh, it's so good. It's about eight dollars. I really want to get the book some point at some point in time. But it's a, the game. Image? It's a yes, yeah, massive book. Beautiful uh, layouts and mm-hmm. information on the game. Game watch, and he has a video up from like two months ago about oh, it. Oh, really? The last one I saw from him was the Power Glove one. The new. It's before that, so you missed it. So you oh, you were slacking okay. on watching. Have <laughs> you guys seen the Power Glove? Episode? Yeah, yeah. It's great. It's oh, yeah. This guy really did his homework. He did. It's a pretty interesting. I strongly recommend people check out. I mean, you're not. If you, and while you're there, check out the Bonus Barrel channel too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, his. Uh, I'm his favorite. Really Are you? You guys should be. And you didn't even watch his, his all of his episodes. I know. <laughs> But I'm his Patreon, and, and he, he uh, puts uh, updates mm. on what he's working, and he actually asks asked the, the community, like, what, what do you guys want? You know, something we, I, I think it would be worth doing an episode on, or even a mini topic on things that are worth, uh, YouTube channels following, and stuff yeah. worth following. Ah, yeah. But the crappy nice. thing is, we're so small that what are, what are, <laughs> who, are, who are we really going to be able to recommend? But maybe we could surprise our listeners. Also, listeners, BB Rant started. Our first post out this week, uh, yeah. CG's little little rant blog. Yeah. I think we have to add pictures to those. I think they add to it. Okay. I'll add pictures to them if, if you want. They need pictures. <laughs> okay. I, I, mean, I might even do a little drawing of you angry for them. I'll, I'll, take, care of, I'll take care of the of the rant. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, so check out bonuspro.com, of course. All right, another piece. You got more news? I got more I have news. one more. I got I have, um, this one is just Seiji. Not not really you. So you can just so shut, your, think. shut your ears off. Cutscenes. Okay, go. Um, Disney <laughs> yeah, has retired that. nearly 100 mobile games today. Oh, okay. Whoa. Yeah, yeah. see, I didn't say she was going to like it. Um, I, and obviously, since Disney is so huge, Star Wars, Marvel, all that, everything under the Disney umbrella. Oh, one second. So this is a good argument to, to get digital-only games, right? Because <laughs> they're going to be around forever for you to play and get. So some of the the titles that are, are gone, I've actually played some of these. Uh, cool. Tiny Tiny Death Star. Did you ever play Tiny Death no. Star? No. So that that's gone. Um, Star Wars Assault Team is gone. Monkey Island Two and LeChuck's Revenge. I have no idea what that. LeChuck. Was. Yeah. So there's a huge <laughs> list um, from Avengers games that's to uh, Fix It Felix Junior. Huh. Yeah, that was a game. Yeah, I actually might have played that one. Yeah, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy games also gone. It's not uh, surprising, really. Yeah, no, I thought I had like ton of Star Wars. There's licensed tie-in games, games that Toy Story letting. games. Yeah. So it's it's just kind of it's a lot of games. Hundred games. Um, Better make sure you have them downloaded on your phone. Yeah, really, they might be worth something. You'll like be able to play that Thor. whole Flappy Bird thing when Flappy Bird got. And also that play, the PlayStation Fours that still have a copy of uh, of. Uh, that survival horror demo. Oh, PT. PT, yeah. Yeah, those ones were selling more because they had PT on it. Yeah, I guess you have a phone full of these Disney games. Maybe someone there should be go. a digital mobile collector. <laughs> collect every single game that they can download and just hoards them forever. Um, Well, like, this, this is a little off. Not really, but you, you guys know Flappy Bird. Like, yes. That was a huge game. That was a that, Mario clone. Yeah, a little bit, right? And then they that got taken down because of like bad publicity or something like that. And then people were like selling their iPhones online with Flappy Bird installed for like 300, <laughs> for, more than that really. But like, it was just ridiculous. Did they put it back up though? They did, yeah. And you can also, it's like online and stuff like that too. That's really funny. Um, the, that last part makes it better. Yeah, yeah, right. So it was, it was. I think it was just a big marketing thing. But it's it's just a, a trend with mobile games. They're They're... Very temporary, unless yeah. except for the the big ones. Of course, because it's not free to keep them up. Yeah. It costs for server hosting. Exactly right. And if people aren't buying them, of course they're not going to hold them yeah. up. So, and honestly, really, is anyone going to be missing a lot of those games? Like, not to poop on the game, but a lot of those games are are used for tie-ins for current. You're right. Stuff. You're absolutely and right. And once that dies down, not really many people are going to be downloading. Yeah. So it makes. Sense. I I just saw there's like a, an Assassin's Creed Gangs of London. Mm. It's like a mobile game for the new uh, Syndicate or whatever it's called. Sure. Um, and it's just it's another one of those things. It's a tie-in. Yeah. I'm sure people are like really into it, and right then now. it'll very much. It's so. the knee-jerk reaction is to feel okay. appalled that they would dare remove something that you would have access to before, yeah. but it's the realistic thing. Um, brighter news, something that might interest Sagey as well. Are you ready for the Sagey? You ready? I'm ready. All right. Nintendo adds new social features to the Miiverse. 
This is from IGN. I just read it before the show started. Nintendo's updated the Miiverse with a host of new features. In an effort to better connect the Wii U and the 3DS communities, players can now see what is trending on the Miiverse in real time, share posts and ideas within game communities, or within communities dedicated to specific games, and check in to see how other players are doing with their own games via the Play Journal live feed. And you can visit the Miiverse website to see all the changes in action. And Nintendo is hopeful this will encourage players to interact on both the home and platform, or portable platforms, giving them places where they can easily share and discover new user-created Mario Maker levels or creations in Animal Crossing Happy Home Designer. There you go. Have you heard about this? Have you seen it? You Do know, you ever talk to people on I, I hope that, that Miiverse were, was so much worse. You're hoping yeah. it was worse? I, I hope... I, <laughs> I wish it was so bad that I just wouldn't care about it. But Miiverse is such a combination. It's a hodgepodge of really cool things yeah. and this really clunky... <laughs> Well, one extreme or the other, thing, yeah. Right, so yeah, I would like, I would love to 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 be like. I'm gonna give you an example. Okay, let's hear it. This is a very specific example. Mario Maker. You guys don't play it anymore, but I play it. Hey, I, I, I turned it on like a week ago. I have PS4. You haven't played my new levels. I, I, I mean, hey, we still have to do bonus bear levels yeah. next week. All right. Well, we'll or we'll soon. <laughs> so there's a really cool feature. So every time you complete a, a level, you get all your comments, right? Yeah, yeah, I like there's, that. There's a bar in the middle, and then you get the comments, and that's pretty cool. I've drawn pictures on yours. Right? But if you want to see those comments be, uh, without playing the game, and to me it's very important because I get the notification saying, hey, you got a comment. Yeah. And you go there, and then it's view comments, and you click on Oh, and it gives you the Miiverse. And it sends you the Miiverse. Yeah, it's a pain in the ass. And by the time it, it loads Miiverse, you don't care anymore. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> the time has happened to me, actually. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So we, if it loads the comments so easily at the end of the, of the level... Why can't you just view the comments from, like, a, a scrolling box inside? And that is... That, 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 like, that's my feeling. Nintendo. Big step forward, five steps back every time. L- great innovation, and yet unwilling to grow with the other innovations <laughs> that other people have made. It's like, we don't want to use your innovations. We'll use our innovations and keep with the old stuff. That's mm-hmm. like Nintendo's rule of thumb. So, I love them. Yeah, they have they to make them. things so difficult. I, I think that's funny how it's just like, I'd rather it be really bad so I don't feel compelled to use it or really good so I do want to use <laughs> well, look it. At this but way. it falls right in between. Yeah. So. Well, look at this way. The way Mario Maker shares levels and stuff is awesome. Everything with that is awesome. Yet then you think, I want to follow my friend I want to look at his level. How cumbersome is that? I mean, this is something we should do for a game talk for. But, but God, you're, you, like you should. It should just automatically follow who's on your friends. List. Yeah, it's you should have a friend. You should have a friend list. Yeah, yeah. But you don't. And but but playing the levels and, and commenting is all easy and fun and stuff. But to view the comments or to add your friend or to conveniently follow, no, none of that's there. It's like really great and really shitty in one package. Mm-hmm. Crazy that's Nintendo. Yeah, that's all the news I have. Any more? So, it wouldn't be Bonus Barrel News without me... Oh, Street Fighter? a new Street Fighter V <laughs> character. Um, so, it was actually leaked earlier this month, but it was very, like, yeah, unofficial, right? Yeah. Um, but it's official. Uh, both Capcom and Sony on Wednesday announced this new character. It's a girl named Laura. Laura. A Matsuda Jiu-Jitsu master. Mm. A brand new character. So, there's four new characters they announced. Brazilian. Yeah. Um, uh, oh so- shoot <laughs> that's tough man yeah so <laughs> <laughs> if Elena's listening and she does sometimes listen she's from Brazil and I have this whole lore made up about Brazil and how the women are basically superhumans down there so that's crazy yeah there we go yeah so that's capoeira and Brazilian Jiu Jitsu <laughs> yeah. oh man she's gonna be she breaking rocks stuff, right? and stuff yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all Brazilians know Jiu Jitsu absolutely right? um, the brick breaks so yeah no it's it's the third new character so there's still one more new character to come for Street Fighter so looks cool she's I hope the next character is a pretty... yeah I hope the next uh, yeah, yeah. character is uh, a Canadian and Wouldn't that be cool? Works though? like maple syrup. Who's Canadian in Street Fighter? I don't know. Is there, I don't, I don't think there Street is any. No, it's got to be. I don't think so. Game Boy <laughs> <laughs> Street Fighter rosters. Please look for Canadian Street Fighter characters. Think he's Russian. That's not Canadian. I know, I know, but like Norris and Big Lumberjacks. Not that we're any of those. Is Russian known? Russian is Russia known for lumberjacks? No, but they're known for being big, burly That's people. That's not the same thing. Not really, but... Canadians are known for maple syrup, igloos, friendship, politeness. <laughs> See, that? that's why we don't fit in a street fighter. <laughs> we're, the, we're the peacekeepers of the world. We're, every the, time we're you, the referees in a street fighter. Every time they hit 
uh, and enemy's like, oh, sorry about that. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I would love a character who apologizes after every hit. And it's like, sorry, sorry, so, 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 sorry, sorry. It just keeps apologizing. So, um, so apparently oh, not. God, game but boy. there are like, like fan art oh, of, of Canadian Street Fighters. Yep. There we go. Wait, one of them is from Punch Out. Yeah, that guy, that guy looks like Bear Hugger. Yeah, well, that's what um, I want to see in Street Fighter. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, Vega's brother or well, Vega's cousin. Well, is that's it, it's like it's Street Fighter, but he's you know hockey, right? And he's yeah. street hockey. Is I great, love. So. I want to see a Canadian character. Pierre. <laughs> <laughs> right, I encourage you to look that up on Google. You'll find some yeah. awesome images. Yeah. Any more news? No, that's all. All right. Up next is a topic called games that deserve sequels. Today's topic was chosen by our friend Lef. Uh, again, it's called Games That Deserve Sequels. And you had said to me, has to be an original game that deserves a sequel. No sequels at all, or from series. So yes. no FF7. Exactly. Or any FF. FF, FF any FFs. Yeah. Making it no difficult. Matter. But then I thought of a bunch of them. So yeah, there's, there's enough out there. So Lef, it's your so topic. What you no first? sequels oh. to sequels. Either. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, like, one, you can't, like, it can't have any sort of like, ranging. You can't but say Mario Maker Remakes are okay. I think remakes and ports don't count. But yes, because does, does Final Fantasy VII deserve a sequel? It doesn't matter it's because it's, you, you it's, already mentioned it. It's part of a series, so uh-huh. it doesn't get in this in less category doesn't fit. But yes, it deserves a sequel. <laughs> <laughs> and, it, and it had sequels. It's had like three or four sequels. It had prequel. And sequels. Did it have a sequel? Uh, Dirt of Cerberus. Oh, wait, well, uh, That's a sequel, buddy. I guess so, but it Absolutely. has a sequel. Uh, in game form? Yeah, it's yeah. Dirt of Cerberus. Oh, okay. But it was a <laughs> It was an average game. It was boring. Average at best. It's, it's called Final Fantasy VII something. Dirt of Cerberus. Actually, Dirt of Cerberus Final Fantasy VII. Yeah. Well, you just play as... But, like, they took the formula of Final Fantasy and just got... It's a third-person shooter. Yeah, it's a third-person shooter. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So the world, yeah. It, there's one he plays a character from it, and they make cameos, which is kind of funny because he's a hidden character. But he's like super powerful. But he's, but he's obvious amazing. character. No one really goes without getting Vincent. Of course, you have to have Vincent on. But you can play the whole game without getting him. Yes. So. And there's a prequel that was really good, I think, called uh, Crisis, Crisis Core, Core. I loved it, which came up for the PSP, and then there's also before Crisis, which is a mobile game that was uh, similar to Crisis Core, and in, in it took place before. And there might have been a couple other ones even, but yes, there was a sequel and the movie, of course, no. which was I liked. I it was shallow but beautiful. Yeah, and it had cloud in it, so it was good enough for me. <laughs> so actually, um, you have, you have three. You go first. Yeah, I'll, I'll start it off here. So yeah. the, this was this is almost the game that made me kind of spark this whole thing. And I know you love this game. Yeah, I'm ready I for love it. this game. Sage, you probably never played it. I definitely um, haven't played it. <laughs> but it is a very popular PlayStation game called yep. The Legend of Dragon. Yeah. Um. So anyone who hasn't played it, it's uh. Kind of traditional JRPG style yep. random battles, uh, um, typical of that era of the yeah, FF7. Exactly, era. it was it was kind of created at the voice time. acting. Yeah, it, it was created to compete with Final yep. Fantasy games, Absolutely. essentially, right? Um, so I can have a little bit of a details. Yeah, please. Here. So Legend of Dragoon initially received mixed to positive reviews, so it was all over the place when it came out. Um, Dart. The game was praised for its graphic and cinematics. Yeah, at the time. it was pretty. Good. It was really. I think it, 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 I was looking at some videos. It, it still holds up pretty. It still decent. looks good. Yeah, it looks way better than seven. Yes. So it's definitely the character sprites. Yes, at the very least. No more blockheads, right? Um, now, apparently, though, however, the combo system was criticized for requiring too much precision. I like that. With the element of dragoon transformation was deemed inconsequential to gameplay. Whoa, okay. Let's that's, pause there. This is what people are saying. I know, and I want to jump in. Combos was great. I agree. I agree with you completely. Um, I found the combos to be very rewarding. It had... It was... It's difficult. It was, but it was like Final Fantasy VIII, how you had... I love the trigger. The trigger, right? Yeah. But it was... More than just that. Yeah, there it was, was a full on combo. Yeah, and it's quick time events. Yeah, really. a little bit, and but it, it fit the game very, I loved very it. well. Yeah, I mean, it took the monotony of a lot of JRPGs, especially nowadays. For me, I find that just pure turn base is a little, it's a little stale. This one, you force. It's like the Mario games where you're where you're encouraged to interact. 
you need to do those combos. And there was easier combos and there were harder combos. And as far as the dragon morphing, <laughs> it reminded me of Power Rangers, so I was okay with that. <laughs> I thought it was a cool thing. Yeah, um, I thought it was cool too. But I, I kind of agree with it. It's been a long time since I played it, but I do remember kind of doing the, the dragoon transformations and yeah. then I didn't feel I was my characters were a whole, whole lot more powerful. So I can kind of understand where that comes from. Yeah. But personally, apparently... They were cool, though. Yeah, they were very cool, and it was still cool to do. But the combo system, I found to be a very rewarding... Oh, yeah. ...kind of system that it had. Like you have a question. question. <laughs> Say his arms in the air. Like, he wants to ask a question, but he's nope. just stretching. Um, so I, apparently that was a big gripe against the game. I think that's a big check in the... Oh, good, yeah, it's good, a bonus. column. Um, so here, here's kind of some little bit of uh, numbers here. So th- this... I was shocked by this, okay, but sorry. Legend of Dragoon sold 960,000 copies in North America. So nearly a million actually. copies in yeah. North America, but only sold 280,000 copies in Japan. Really? Yeah. Um, Surprising. You really would have figured it would be a lot more than that. Who developed it? I don't have that. Game Boy. Access. Who developed Legend of Dragoon? S-C-E-I. Sony. Yeah. Okay, directly developed from one of the wow, divisions. I didn't know they they had like a studio called like that. Yeah, I think they still like that's still one of their studios, isn't it? Anyways, um, yeah. so anyways, um, and this, this is I found this interesting. Um, in two thousand nine, Games Radar mm-hmm. um, included it among the games with untapped franchise potential, which is exactly what I'm yeah, trying to get. That's true, at. actually. Um, I felt like this game had a very rich story to it. It had an amazing story, really good characters. I love the main character, Dart. I remember him to Dart. this day. I think he's a really, really great character. Sounds like a jerk. Um, and I, at this Shut point, uh, The Legend of Dragoon kind of has a cult status. You know, it has a cult following um, among PlayStation loyalists like Rob Big Time. I love PlayStation. Um, and it's kind of astonishing to see that Sony has, has kind of allowed this series to fade into obscurity. So my question for you is, how phenomenal would it be if they brought it back? I would be really... Especially if I have a PS4 now, if they like yeah. do a new one. Like Legend of Dragoon 2. I would, I would jump on that in a heartbeat. It would be... Totally revamped, though. Yeah, I couldn't beautiful. imagine we'd see even the shadow of what it was. They should put Dart in. They should have put Dart in PlayStation All Star Battle Royale cool. plus Super Mega Twenty Four. <laughs> I like Whatever. that game. Um, so that, that that was my first one, and that's what I thought of whenever I did this was Legend Dragoon. Good choice. Up next, so I so for my list, I chose three eras: uh, the eighties, nineties. So okay. it was like literally nineteen ninety. I chose one from the early two thousands, and I chose one from two years ago. So I, I tried to cover quite a bit. So I'm going to start off in chronologically. Little Nemo, known as Pajama Hero in Japan. Great, great choice. Was a platformer released in 1990 by the esteemed Capcom, back when all of their games were great. It was based on the anime Little Nemo Adventures in Slumberland, which was based on an old-ass comic strip by Windsor McKay. In the game, you play as the Pajama Hero himself as you go through <laughs> the surreal dreams. There you, ride, you can ride helpless animals such as a gorilla, frog, or mole by feeding them candy. The game is pure NES platforming. Enemies to avoid, secrets to find, amazing, phenomenal music. The levels are fairly large, and you need to find the correct number of keys so that you can explore the level. So a lot of backtracking. They're very big. So that's the overview of Little Nemo. First off, have you guys played the game? Left click. I, I have. Have you played it? Oh, you're missing I'm out. I'm surprised. You I have really two, really actually. This pure, beautiful no. game. I, I have it. You I should know play about it. it. That could be a good... Uh, Ooh, game talk episode. I love it. The music is, is so good. I've, I've never beat it. It's very difficult for me. Uh, <laughs> so why did I chose the game? So the gameplay was tight. The world and characters charming and then the music was incredible. The game is a whole lot of fun and uh, it's a great game all around. So then I said to myself, Rob, uh, what would make a cool sequel? I said that to all of my questions. So I say, keep it in a 2D game still. Maybe a 2.5D side scroller if you wanted to use some 3D backgrounds. Although I think I would prefer like hand-drawn Disney-ish backgrounds. I wanted to make it look, I'd want to make it look like a living, breathing cartoon. Maybe make the levels a little less cryptic and take away some of the backtracking. Add some more animals to ride. Make combat a little exciting. Streamline some of the elements to make for faster gameplay and try to keep the same charm as the original. Especially the music. I think Little Nemo, or sorry, Pajama Hero, would be an awesome... Oh, and also, you guys should check out Dwayne and Brando's cover, yeah, yeah, which yeah. is also a really good version of it. But yeah, Little Nemo's great. Kept yeah, that, that was a solid choice. I'm almost mad I didn't think of that. Um, but yeah. I've been listening to a lot of the music lately, too. I know, so. we were singing it last night. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Sage, what do you have? Name a game. Is it Anticlone? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Oh, I'm, oh, obviously, I'm going to... 
I always mention this game every, every oh, time. Oh, let's, let's try to guess. At every opportunity. Wind Waker Part 2. <laughs> no, <laughs> that's against the then. Against know, the it's a cave story, of course. Right. Yes. It's a cave story. But, I don't know, I think about it, and when it, when it initially got released, it was a very different thing. Yeah, well, it came out during like, indies starting to yeah. boom, right? Yeah. Now indies are kind of like normal. No, and then Cave sort of became some sort of yeah, franchise. Really. So it has had some sort of sequels, but not They're really. all ports. They're so. all ports. Yeah, yes. it's not a sequel. And, and with new graphics and stuff. Yeah. So I don't I don't really know how an, how um, a sequel of Cave Story would Well, tell be. us about Cave Story first. I mean, like what for people who don't know, what is Cave, Cave Story? Cave Story is a really retro uh, kind of like uh, Metroidvania mm-hmm. kind of kind of game. You are in control of a robot called Quote, mm-hmm. and you you have amnesia, of course. Oh, well, naturally. And you discovered his hair blue too, right? Hmm? Is his hair blue? No. Oh, it's too bad. I have blue hair. <laughs> no, it's a must. <laughs> and the controls are wonderful. Yeah. And the story is is very charming. I like it. I, I actually got. got Sagey likes a story I in got, a video I game. Re- I, I love stories. <laughs> he was such a bad rep on this show. <laughs> And I got really into the story. I, pl- I I played it so I could get all the storylines and all the different endings. You had to read, stop, and read those story points, though, didn't you? It yeah, stop the gameplay yeah. a little bit. I I I've read all of it. <laughs> you you and... need to open yourself up to other. But games. No, no, but like it tugged at you. Did was it emotional? Is that what you're trying to say? Like, I like this. You game. really like this game. I, I, really like I know. I know he does. Know so does. really, when I thought when I think about the sequel, I don't know if it if it would be in a more modern style or in the mm. same retro style, Keep it like eight bit yeah. or sixteen bit kind of thing. I don't think it's, it ever is going to happen. But um, I think Nicalis mm-hmm. at a conference. Yeah, they they were talking about a different thing, but at some point they showed the desk, the desk, the desk, desktop, right? And there was a folder called Cape Story Two. Ooh. Ooh. So, I don't know. if we worked hard enough, I'm sure we could find a way to connect Cara Blaster with Cave Story. <laughs> so canonically, they're all and Pink Hour, of course, the dirty part, uh-huh. and they're all connected <laughs> together. So maybe this is invalid now. Maybe we maybe we could we could fan theory our way into how the robot. Was reincarnated as a frog, who's now a detective, <laughs> no, who's a scientific custodian, yeah. <laughs> or whatever it was. I mean, definitely, Carol Blaster is some sort of, of spiritual yeah. sequel to Cave Story. It's not a true sequel, though. No, no, well, not at all. until I until I work on my fanfics. But that's my first choice. Of that's course. a good choice. Yes. It's funny that you keep bringing up Carol Blaster. I love Carol Blaster because that was one of the ones I I really have I I have on my list because I oh, you can't. Because it's already a sequel. It is a sequel. I'm, Pink Hour was uh, a demo. No, no, no. Pink Hour was a demo. It's its own name. Pink Hour was a demo. Self-contained game. No, Pink Hour was a demo for no, Carol Pink Blaster. Hour is Pink Hour. Um, no, it's funny. I I oftentimes wonder if I have played Carol Blaster more than anybody else. Because I play this game a lot. <laughs> I, I play, Definitely more than me. I play Carol Blaster... Once every two, three days, I'll, sometimes only for 10, 15 minutes, but I play this game a lot. <laughs> so I kind of wonder if, if I literally have played Carol Blaster most anybody. Now, I'm not going to get into Carol Blaster too much because you, sh- if you, if you're interested in Carol Blaster, check out the episode. Yeah, episode 20. Um, for what it's worth, I think I listened to the music every other day. There you go. It's, it's got great music. Yeah. Um, but I think that's a great game and I would be really stoked to see a sequel. But we can't that. count it. But it, no, Pink Hour was a demo nope, for it's its own game. Carol, no, even no, if the not. game's no, like 20 not. minutes long, it's its own game. No, it's not. It's, Pink Hour. Pink Hour's not even 20 minutes long. Pink Carol Blaster. Like if you take your time long. to explore the world left, not, maybe not, you don't rush your way through games. I beat Pink Hour on hard. It only takes Pink Hour is not a race. <laughs> it's a pleasure experience. But anyway, that was more of a mention. I really didn't include that. Yeah. Um, good so, game, though. It's very good game. So here's another one, and this is a game that spoke to me, and this is actually one of the biggest games that made me want to work in games as well. Mm. Um, and it was because of the story, actually. Um, but this is a game actually called Advent Rising. Now, I don't think you've ever heard of this game. I've heard of it. You have heard of it? Of course. It? Okay, okay. On the video game's live. And that's, oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, right, right. Tommy Tallarico. Tommy Tallarico and some other guy... Uh, Whatever. Emmanuel Fritaniani, whatever I can't pronounce Fritaniani. it. Um, they did they did the orchestra and, yeah. and, and for for it, and it's got like a crazy um, uh, soundtrack, like very very distinct songs, very good game. But anyways, in another part of this charm of this game is it's very science fiction game. I never played it though. What, really? What, 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 what? Well, it's was it Xbox 360? It's Xbox. Oh, really? Really? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, NPC. 
Um, so anyways, I'll talk about Advent Rising a bit. So it's an action-adventure third-person shooter video game developed by Glyph X Games and public by Majesco. Didn't we talk about Majesco the other day? Last time? Maybe? I don't know, but it sounds familiar. Um, so the game was released in May of 2015 for the Xbox and then August for PC. Now, the story was scripted by Donald Mustard and featured a script written by science fiction writer Orson Scott Card. Now, he's the guy who wrote the Enders yeah. series, right? Now, I'm not, I'm not going to talk about him, but yeah, it's okay. it's still cool that a very prominent science fiction author, I don't know, um, <laughs> has, uh, has has put his, his kind of, his two cents into this. He didn't do the whole thing, but he did part of it. Um, so it was really cool. Now, this game, at the time, was really, really hyped. I saw a lot of stuff for this game, and the gameplay was a lot of fun. Um, you had special powers, yeah. and you had... Guns. And guns. Yeah, guns. Yeah. So the, the way the gameplay kind of worked is that I think each trigger controlled a hand and you could assign oh, cool. a hand to a power or to a gun and you could have two powers or two guns and it could, you play completely independent that way. Hmm. And it was a really fun game. Um, it had a really, really, really good story. It's all about like humans and uh, achieving some sort of like ascension. And it, 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 was, it was really, really cool. It, it really spoke to me. Um, when I was a kid, anyways. Um, now, the, when the game was originally being published, mm-hmm. they uh, were all saying, this is going to be a trilogy game. This game is not going to be its own thing. One's not enough. One, and, and it ended on a cliffhanger, too. Damn. Um, so it was. It kind of ended out, and I, when I played it, I was like, wow, I really want to see the next one. Although, obviously, we're, it's in this list, there was no next one. <laughs> Um, so despite a large advertising campaign, campaign including promotions in cinemas in real in games retail performances fell far short of expectations. So this game just hemorrhaged money apparently. Hemorrhaged it. <laughs> and they were planning a Advent Shadow game for PSP in 2006, Ooh. but that coming out still completely scrapped. Hey, it's not. Oh, they officially scrapped it because it could still come out <laughs> for PSP. Yeah. <laughs> um. And one one kind of problem with the game is that it came out for, for first for Xbox. And that's what I played it on, and yeah. I can definitely agree with this. But it was buggy. Mm-hmm. There was so many bugs in this game. Um, I guess a lot of people complained as well about the art style because just the way people looked, they had really like elongated features, which kind of looked not so human. Yeah. Um, so it was criticized for that. Apparently, a lot of the bugs were fixed with the PC version, which is mm. the superior version. Um, but all in all, it was a game with a really rich story, uh, with really fun gameplay. And they initially intended it right off the bat to be a multi-game series. Right. And it never took off, which is too bad. Um, but that that was my other one. Cool. Advent Rising. Yeah. Advent Rising. Next up, from good old Rob. Drill Dozer. Known in Japan as Screw Breaker Goshen <laughs> Drill row <laughs> An action platformer for the wonderful Game Boy Advance. This came out in November in North America in 2006. I actually mentioned it in an episode that accidentally got messed up with the audio for a segment we need to bring back called Here's Why You Should Play It. That we a topic oh, yeah, sometimes. That that's time. a fun topic. Anyways, I mentioned it back then, but that kind of that episode kind of got messed up. So it's awesome, the game is. It was it has a built-in rumble pack, making it even cooler. This is a Game Freak game, but you don't get to play as Excadrill at any point in time. That's a Pokemon, if you didn't know. You play as an ugly, or kawaii, depending on your, your outlook, <laughs> character named Jill, who is the bandit who is in the bandit uh, group Red Dozers. In the game, you're tasked with stealing back the red diamond, a gift from Jill's dead mother. I assume she gave you the gift before she died. <laughs> uh, and to do that, Jill, ghost. <laughs> yeah, Jill rides the awesome drill dozer. Other stuff happens too. So it's a side-scrolling action platformer game. The levels are massive. And in each stage, you have to level your drill from levels one to three, which allows you to progress further. You use the drill to travel through drill tunnels, defeat enemies, manipulate boss weaknesses, bounce off gelatinous surfaces, break boxes and things that look like boxes, and some other cool gameplay elements. Honestly, the game is is like drenched in unique and innovative innovative gameplay. Reversing the drills, spinning stuff around. Every boss fight has a, a different pattern that you use to drill to break off pieces or or reverse stuff back in them. It's a really great game. Like one example is they'll fire missiles at you and you jump in the air and catch the missile and then reverse your drill so it spins it back at them. That's a great I I honestly, I think everybody should listen to it. And also another current theme with these recommendations is the music. It's awesome in this game. 
Uh, it's great. It really enhances it. There's more, and also there's a shop, so in between missions you can upgrade your gear and whatnot. And another cool thing, uh, like being able to use in-game currency to resume from the beginning of a room where you were killed instead of getting a game over. So you can actually sacrifice potentially getting an upgrade later to not have to start farther back. That's an interesting it's feature. Pretty cool. You don't see that very often. No, you don't. It wasn't it wasn't that harsh either. So you didn't really didn't. It's like losing a small percentage of it. So why I chose the game? If it's not obvious, which it should be. I love this game. It's charming, great characters with new IP, a cool world, a beautiful style, amazing music, a fun story, innovative gameplay. This game has it all and deserves a sequel. So what about it that I think would make a good sequel? And I think this could use smooth, beautiful 2D animations like my last suggestion, like Super HD, prettied up, uh, or even keep, keep it sprite-based too. That'd be awesome. Like uh, how the Mighty Switch Force and those games do it. You know, uh, what's the company? I can't remember. They're, they're the ones that do my Switch Force and all the other games. They had a, they had the original one, and they had that awesome like HD version they had on the Wii U. Something like that. And, cool. and the thing with Gildros is that I really feel like that could make a really good 3DS game. It would. Yeah. It could. Uh, and another honorable mention, because I didn't do a full one, is the Guterman. It's a game I'm playing for the PSP. It's a 3D game. Very similar kind of feeling. You're playing as a kid, girl, and crazy adventure. Anyways, so I would uh, keep or keep it spread. I would just love to see another adventure told of Jill and her crew. A Mega Man style game, maybe using the Austin drill controls. It's not really a whole lot I would change out the gameplay because it was really unique and hasn't really been revisited in any other game since. So I think that would be a most excellent return, a sequel. Drill those are two. Wow, the return of Jill. Yeah. <laughs> her enemy could be the hammer, hammering down on her foes. So All right, Sage, you got another one? Yeah. Let's probably, hear it. Probably my favorite mobile game Ooh, Super what? Hexagon. Okay. Oh, wow. Super Hexagon is it's a game that only has three levels, <laughs> really. Oh, it has harder no, it has hard, yeah. harder and harder. <laughs> harder Harderest. 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 <laughs> yes. It's a really good game. I don't know if you guys played it. It's really simple. I've game. I've seen it, but I've never played it. So basically the the I think I have it here, but the level is like a hexagon and it's spinning all the time. You control a little triangle and you just move the triangle along a circle. Okay. And you just have to um, avoid obstacles. So it's really simplistic, but the music is great. Like good and music. The controls are awesome. I think I have it here. I'm going to show you. Yeah, this is the game. Let's see it. People at home, of course, can YouTube the uh, video or whatever. Super makes you, whatever makes you feel good. Yeah, super hard. So it's, there's hard. And harder and hardest, Hard, harder, <laughs> and then there's hardest tear. <laughs> but it's, it's really there's only like three levels, and the, the rest are like harder version of those. Okay. And basically, so I'm triangle there. Yeah. And that, that's oh. what you do. So you are basically well, avoiding trippy. these patterns that come in, and you have to. Uh huh. That's that is trippy, actually. And it's pretty cool. I like the mechanics, but huh. I think they could be explored much more deeply. Yeah. Um. Maybe with a controller. More, yeah. I played it yeah. on, on with a keyboard, but uh, it really doesn't make much difference. Um, I love this game. I just love it so much. It's so straightforward, but it's so beautiful. Um, it is cool. I don't know. I mean, it's, it doesn't have any, any story or anything like that. But no cutscenes in it. <laughs> and really, the only the, the objective in this game is to last sixty seconds. That's, that's how it? hard it is. And then right? that's when you win. It's like congratulations. Is it the uh, same patterns every time, or is it or is it random? I think it's procedurally... Okay, generated. cool. Yes. That's really neat. Um, yeah. Super Hexagon. This is made by Terry Canava or Kavana. He made V, 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 V. Oh, right, right. You heard Good music game. in that game. I've never played it, but yeah. I like the music. So I think this game deserves a sequel, but more than a sequel, really a, a completion of this idea. Yeah. I, the, the mechanics are great, but yeah, three levels is like an experiment. Like uh, it could deserve a full on. But this game, game wasn't the list of of last week's topic. Well, that's an esteemed list with no mistakes at all. That's how good it is. <laughs> but it is it is good. I I would I would love to see it. Better than Chrono Trigger for sure. No, most definitely. <laughs> yeah, exactly. game has so much more depth and there you go. Yeah, left. I had Care Blaster already, but it was oh. out. Um, I, 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 I actually had another one because um, I remember how great this game was. And then I did more research today. Yeah. Turns out there was a sequel for it. Oh, uh, yeah. So you lose. that was too bad. But Mark of Cree, it's a cool game. All right. It's I can, based off Polynesian mythology. Don't worry, guys. I can carry the rest of the. Uh, there go. The, 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 the Take us home, Rob. So, my third choice, before I mention a few honorable mentions, Wonderful 101. 
an action-adventure game developed by the most awesome Platinum Games, exclusively for the booming Wii U. This game was directed by good old Hideki Kamiya, who worked on the Beautiful Joe and Okami series. Unlike those two, Wonderful 101 never got any sequels. But this one only came out on August 20, 23rd, 2013. And I think it's time we get an announcement for a sequel. The Wonderful One the Two. Wonder- <laughs> I actually have a sequel name, don't worry. <laughs> so this game was fun and funny and over the top. He plays a group of over 100 fighters in one single unit. You go around collecting characters and they form gigantic weapons and take other forms like anvils and gliders, whips, freaking insane and awesome. Unite up! This game is a rich story full of humor and craziness. It plays like a Sentai show on steroids. I love it. It's great. The music is awesome. The theme song is so bitchin' it gets me pumped just thinking about it. If you own a Wii U and did not buy this game, you are absolutely a bad person. You should feel bad about yourself. I feel bad. And then go buy it. (laughs) (laughs) And if you don't have a Wii U, then you should go out and get one because this game is not coming to Cobb's beloved Expo anytime soon. It is sad because this game was not a huge commercial success, which is surprising because the Wii U is such a massive install base. (laughs) A little developer note from from, uh, Wiki. Because I thought it was cool when I read it. Development of what would become the Wonderful 101 began during the lifetime of the Wii. You guys remember the Wii? Yeah. It, it came out before the Wii U. Yeah. Uh, it was mildly, <laughs> it was almost as successful as the Wii U. Uh, the original idea came from Platinum Games president Tatsuya Minami, who wanted to bring a group of popular or iconic video game characters together in one game. Because different games gamers would prefer certain characters over others, being forced to play a certain character at a certain point in the game was quickly scrapped. Instead, all the characters would be on screen at once, so the player could choose between them at any time. Platinum Games initially thought of using Nintendo first-party characters who would work together to get past obstacles. But when the idea was presented to Nintendo, they questioned how the mechanic would fill an entire game. Director Hideki Kamiya also doubted that the conflicting elements of the different Nintendo characters would be put into a consistent formula successfully, like in the Super Smash Bros. series. Further brainstorming was put on hold while he worked on another game, but when that game was put on hiatus a year later, work on the Wonderful 101 resumed. Kamiya decided to use a Japanese henshin theme with a group of five original heroes who would unite and transform into various weapons. Soon the group expanded to 100 heroes and the Japanese superhero style changed to an American comic book vibe. Although developers were thinking of making the game for the Wii, when Platinum Games and Nintendo finalized a partnership, it became a Wii U exclusive. Developers wanted to use the console's unique features effectively, so they came up with drawing on the gamepad as a way to activate the Unite Morphs, which actually plays really well. So, um, that's pretty cool about the game. And so, I'm, at this point, I'm already on Hype Overdrive while, while, while thinking up what we're talking about. I get already excited again to go to this game. That explains why it's awesome and why I would pick it. But what would I want in a sequel? It's weird, but what I would want, I, but I would want what I got the first time around and even more over the top. I want to be able to unite up even bigger and better things. I want mechs. I want crazier weapons. This is Platinum. I want to do one hundredful, one thousand and one. Woo! <laughs> I want to be able to obliterate entire cities. I want the story to be bigger, funnier, and even more intense. I want more cutscenes. I also like to have, I would like to have portions where I just walk around as a main character in human form and have to transform. But not, but in all seriousness, to be real here, maybe a bit of a less linear stage setup. Uh, not necessarily open world, but maybe like a hub area um, where you could do stuff or crazier idea yet online multiplayer where everyone plays one character and works to form gigantic stuff i don't know more i just i don't know but i want that game to have a sequel and that's that's wonderful 101 there you go. what a great game you guys haven't played it i want to kick you both off the show but you're all equal members so i can't <laughs> you guys really need to you have it though Sadie, right yeah so you can play it. it i can lend it to you you should you should play it so, here's a few other uh, honorable mentions. There. I have another one. Oh, oh, great. Please, jump in. I have a couple more. Oh, I didn't expect that. Okay. Um, Super Meat Boy. Yeah, <laughs> good choice. But this is a game that I really don't know I, I, what, I, what I want from it mechanically. Okay. In a sequel. But the game is such... It's, it's so iconic. And the characters are, are so memorable. Yeah, yeah. I like that game. The mechanics of the game are fine as they are there. It has tons of levels. And it's one of those games where it's a platformer. So yes. you have to get from point A to point B. Very hard platform. And it's really hard, and it's about repetition. Yeah. Repetition, repetition, repetition. So it's a really um, rudimentary Mario Brothers. In a way, yeah. Thing. But the the reason I want to see a sequel is because I want to see this this characters or this developer, you know, keep exploring those ideas, but I don't really know what would it be because it's not more levels. Hey, you know what they need to do? 
if that's if that's mimicking old Mario games, they need to do a Mario sixty four like version of Super Meat Boy. Take what was great and magical at Mario sixty four and make a Meat Boy version. <laughs> of Super Meat Boy sixty four for Wii U for Wii U. <laughs> so, so. And then they then Nintendo will agree to put him in the Smash. Yeah, that's what they wanted, right? Yeah. Which I think would have been a cool character for Smash, actually. Squirting blood at people and a little too gory. Yeah. A little gory, isn't it? How about like a PC version? Or he's just skin. <laughs> so that's that's a game. That's cool. That's yeah, a good that's a good choice. choice. What else you got? Have you I got a couple more too. Have you heard about this game, Blast Corps? I yeah, have I have heard about it. I've never it played Blast it. Corps or Core? Core. Core. Blast Core. Yeah. You, you, Processing. I, I played this game. I think I have, but I've not played it. It's a really strange game. Um, it's a it's a uh, rare game back in in their in their when they were in fine form. So basically, <laughs> you controlled uh like a. The heavy machinery that could it's like a trans, it's like transformers I but like they were like humanoid kind of stuff and, and the missions were just destroy everything I think cool or to get from point A to point B and you had to destroy stuff it was a really cool idea and I don't think how how, how successful it was but I I played it I, it was very entertaining I will so but the the only problem I would see but back in the day was awesome was the graphics it was really early three graphics but mm. now with today's graphics I think this concept. You know, getting into a CD and destroy it. Does it sound like uh, the new um, Just Cause game a little bit? <laughs> Remember the E3 trailer where it was a Square Enix game? They're just blowing stuff up. Uh-huh. Maybe you're gonna get get oh, PS4. It, I know. It, it sounds like Rampage, just like destroying I love Rampage. Yeah. yeah, a little bit. I mean, uh, I, I will encourage you, you guys, to see a video. I've, I, oh, know, I've, I know, I know, I played it. I just, I don't remember it because I think I played it when I was a kid. Last so. Core. Yeah. Last Core. Uh, so I'll mention a few RPGs first. These are in the same vein as Legend of Dragoon. So what applies to that pretty much applies to these. There's a lot of RPGs in the PlayStation exactly. that were really good. Thousand Arms, which was uh, had weird dating elements into a JRPG. Loved it. Vagrant Story. Oh, yeah. I think that would be a good one to have a sequel. Uh, Threads of Fate is another Square Enix game. Wasn't it a JR- wasn't it like a traditional RPG? You actually, it was an action RPG. And you could, you could turn into monsters and stuff. And it was a really cool game. Oh, yeah. Very charming. I think I played that, yeah. Yeah, I like that game a lot. That could be a cool one. Einhinder from uh, PS or from uh, Sony, or Squeenix as well, or just Square. That was a shoot-em-up they did. A very successful shoot-em-up from the PS1 era as well. That could be a really cool cool one to see. And uh, last one, Comics Zone for the Genesis. You ever play Comics Zone? No. You play the really rad 90s guy. He has blonde hair and a ponytail. He's wearing sunglasses. He's a comic book writer. He's really cool. He gets sucked <laughs> into his own comic by one of, of his villains. And then, but here's how the, I can't believe you've never seen this. Uh, I have the game. Oh, wait, no, I don't. I need to get the game. So you play, each, your stage is a comic book page. And so, imagine like bite-sized Mario portion of the stage, but you're in panels and you're breaking through panels and, and fighting enemies. And so you'll be like, the level is based in comic panels. You'll come across and you'll like hit the border and break the border of the page and, and then you, you leap through. through and you, cool. you, know, you have like a sidekick called like like Rat Meters or Roadkill, I think it was what it's called. It's like this rat and you would have to break his cage to free him and you're going down and, and you just, you'll travel. So you go to these crazy areas because it's a comic book. So you're playing through this whole comic. It's fucking hard. I've never, I've got like to level two, but I haven't played it in years. Maybe I can be a little farther. But it, you're, of course, you're saving your girlfriend, who's also, you know, natural. Well, they can't save themselves, obviously, right? <laughs> so naturally, you have to save the girl. But that aside, uh, the game is is awesome. Sequel: You play as her, you save him. There, there, you, there, go. You, go. there you go, full circle. Instead of having a rat, you'd have like a fairy. Or okay, something. you ruined it. She has an even bigger rat. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously, the comic zone is great. You never heard of it, Sage? Mm-hmm. Well, Genesis. Yeah, I've it never. does what Nintendo. Okay. <laughs> Sadie seemed like he was offended by that. Okay. <laughs> Stop talking about Genesis. Genesis! <laughs> Alright, let's end this episode. I have uh, a final one. Oh, oh please. Knight. I was kind of thinking that, but I haven't played it, so I hey, really comment. In a couple weeks. Shovel Knight so. needs to become the Mega Man of our time. Yeah. We need to have like, a series of like, nine, nine games. games. Yeah. And then I'm ex- Shovel Knight X. Yeah, I'm excited to play it. Yeah, uh, me too. Physical copies out Shovel in like a Knight week. <laughs> I already pre-ordered my, my physical. I think it's out next week or week wow, after. Wow, is it really that soon? Very soon. Man, I can't believe it's already October, I'm though. I'm always thinking. Uh, TV Rubble tomorrow. Yeah, I know. It gets mailed to me tomorrow. And then next week... Um, Yoshi, Woolly Yoshi, World. man. Are you going to get all the Amiibos? All the Amiibos. All right, I'm gonna the Mega Yarn Yoshi is 60 bucks. Seriously? Whoa. Mega Yarn Yoshi? Gonna... Mega Yarn. How big is it? It's like that. That's pretty big. It's too. I have too many games. That's huge, The, the Amiibo is one of his boots. I was gonna say, how would you put him on the amiibo? It's a the pad. Yeah, yeah. Are you gonna get that? 
You're try? I'll try. There's too it, many games. It, I can't it, that, that's like a stuffed bear. That's so big. That's mm-hmm. like a wow. That's crazy. The yeah, amiibos yeah, have gone and, too and the far. Amiibos are like twenty bucks each. Whoa. I was talking to the little ones. Well, uh, I get one coming with the game, so that'll be probably yeah, enough. The for green me. one. Yeah. And I get the blue. If I see a blue one, the mega yarn, I might pick it up, but I'm not going to wait for them. And then next month. All the the Animal Crossing amiibos. Oh, uh, probably won't. Oh, those. today it was on pre-order on Amazon. What was? No, Animal Animal Crossing and Amiibo even, Festival. Didn't even with tell two me. amiibos. Thanks. No, it's so still long. it's still there. Oh, cool. It's not there. Oh, that's like the lame Mario Party type oh. game. You're right. It is. Hey, we don't know. I don't know anything about the gameplay. It hasn't come out yet, right? What? In Japan, it hasn't come out in Japan. No, we don't know anything. About Could be cool. Mario there Party's was... fun. Maybe no, you're right. You're right. So be the Mario Party. <laughs> this is what Mario there was a feature video about it. Let's go here. There we go. I hope it's good. Okay. Let's do the, the part where we end the show. Bye-bye. Um, so, <laughs> bonusbarrel.com, BB Rants, episodes there. Everything starts there. Cartridgeclub.org, we still post our episodes there. That's a pretty cool community. I, I haven't gotten involved as much, but they do community playthroughs of games. Might be worth looking into them sometime. Maybe we can get some inspiration for some ones to look into. Um, what else do we do? Twitter, Facebook, you know, all those places that... The social media, I believe is what it's called. So cool. Yeah, please please feel free to tweet at us if you have any problems or complaints. You know. If you have a problem with Seiji's rant, comment on it. Yeah, because well. I kind of do. So. Oh, will you comment on it? Uh, I was thinking about it. You should have called it at the top of the episode. Me. I was thinking about it, but we, it's, it's too late, late now. now so. Next time you have Maybe to comment. I like, I agreed with some of it. Yeah. Most of it. Anyways, that's for another, another time. If you disagree with Seiji's opinions, let Seiji know he'll cry <laughs> if he has tears I don't know if he do oil ah, right alright well thanks for listening to this episode of Bonus Barrel I'm Rob wait I don't, we don't do that do we yeah we do this is Rob and laugh <laughs> have a good one